Let's get it stop start it. Wait, Hello. is it recording? Hello, everybody. It's Oscar season, so we thought we'd go for straight for a cinematography Oscar. Uh, we got Roger yeah, Deakins on the uh, set here. Thanks, Rog. Appreciate that. Yeah, damn, dude. It's we got good. um um I don't know another cinematographer. Uh, uh, Joel Cohen. Yeah, we got Joel Cohen. We got uh who's the guy who always shoots Nolan's movies? Uh, right, you tell me, Christopher Nolan. Uh, Greg Maddox. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Greg Maddox. Tommy Jarvis. No. Uh, so anyway, yeah, more extreme. It's gonna be even higher next week. Welcome to Movie Club, everybody. Today we are reviewing a 2023 Oscar-nominated film. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Um, Tar. 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 No, that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. It I was. Uh, it was uh, the whale. No, it was tar. It was tar. It was tar. This is about a huge woman named Kate Blanchett. No, sorry. That's the whale. We're watching. uh, We watched tar. Now, I have never heard of tar before. This uh, episode of Movie Club was decided upon last week. Rocco said, you know what? We're going to watch tar. You hadn't heard about it prior to that suggestion then? No. Wow. I think it's one of those movie titles that maybe I saw and went, like I didn't didn't even register it. Yeah, I kept hearing from people that were like, yo, you know, it's nominated for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Even ahead of the nominees, they were like, that's probably going to get nominated for a lot of yeah. stuff. Like, By oh, the way, okay. I'm like out of touch, you know? <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever feel that way. All the time. I'm super out of touch. I don't know what movies are coming out. I don't know what TV shows are coming out. I don't even really follow video games, to be honest. I don't know when this happened. Hmm. Rocco, I feel like you're still in touch. Maybe you make an effort to keep on top of things. Yeah. But, uh, I kind of, you know, just do my own little hobbies. At some point, I just stopped paying attention to what everybody else in the world was making, you know? (laughs) So there's tons of movies. For years and years and years, like all the Oscar nominations, I've I've missed a a good handful of them. So I'm not surprised I didn't hear about Tar. Where did you hear about this? Uh, No, I just had friends who who had seen it. You know, I... I think a lot of people I know in LA see more movies than well. That's a place to see them because they yeah. play all these movies that you know before they even come out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Fablemans was there like a month before it was even whispered about down here. You know. Um, yeah. So uh, well, let me just say, I am attending film festivals here in San Diego, so I'm yeah. seeing movies you guys haven't even heard of, mm. but none of them are getting nominated for Oscars. Ah. And, they're probably getting nominated for Razzies, actually. <laughs> I see so many shit films. <laughs> did you guys hear the Razzies drama? Did you I did. No, they, what happened with the Razzies? They nominated a 12-year-old girl from uh, Firestarter yeah. as worst actress, and it went over super bad. They were just like, yo, this little girl like tried really hard. I, yeah, <laughs> and I don't then know. they immediately back they went, Oh yeah, we, we didn't think about that. that oh that was mean. You know what? You know what they could do to fix this situation? <laughs> Nothing. I'm mad. Like that's ridiculous. Like what the fuck? <laughs> it was just a kid. The Razzie is something kind of like in good fun. Like haha, you suck, Tom Cruise. Like whatever. Yeah, they were saying like this little girl didn't take it well. Like, oh it no, didn't. shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's on. She's on the. She's on the watch now. I just. That's all I just say. feel like, like real bad. For what did they little, think was gonna happen? Little, <laughs> what, that people what, would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck this kid up, little <laughs> Cindy, dumbass. <laughs> And Wait, stop acting. Thanks for trying, loser. Moron. That's terrible. <laughs> it was funny because even critics who hated the movie were like, yo, this kid's good. This kid like like did it. Like, it was great. And then, yeah, yeah they roasted her. Anyway. <laughs> cool, Razzies. Anyway, but yeah. Cool. Well, well. But this know, isn't Firestarter talk. It's It actually, talk. this fits in with Tar, today's movie, because it's almost getting to like uh, this crazy world of ours. Yeah. It's almost getting to the point where you just can't be mean to people anymore. I know. I miss the good old days. Honestly, I I don't know how I'm going to survive. I don't know how I'm going to move forward if society is just going to say you can't be mean to anybody. Like, we have to be nice to everyone. I mean, we got to be able to be mean to someone. I got to bully someone. (laughs) Frankly, You you tell me who. I got to get this out. They're going to have to make some sort of job in the future. It's like a therapist, but it's just a real loserly, you know, weenie person who's just like you're allowed to bully me go ahead just take out all your aggression on that person i i already but do they gotta pay them a lot oh okay because i the reverse I, I have i have paid people to bully me but it's not we're not that sounds interesting yeah, we're not going to that that's yeah not let's keep talking fuck tar yeah mm, okay that's, all right yeah. fair enough well well rocco you picked this movie yeah you yeah. had not seen it before this no i had not I, like i said i wanted to check it out heard it was going to be nominated and then it was it did it did you know 
no surprise here. Kate Blanchett got nominated. I want to say too. I looked into that like, oh, okay, you know, kind of going into it like, oh, she, she's in it. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, whatever is what I had heard. And then I heard, I saw this note. Kate Blanchett had to learn piano, learn how to speak German, and learn how to conduct an orchestra for the film. Okay, now I'm gonna bully someone. Kate, chill, chill the fuck out. She wanted that Oscar. Oh yeah. Oh well, I learned how to do music, and I learned another language, and I learned. Yo 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 yo. Simmer down. Okay. When do you have the time, Kate? Yeah. What are we? What are we? What are you doing? <laughs> to be just, fair, just act good. I could have played this role too if I was Kate Blanchett. Okay. I, I could have. I could have dinkled that shit out on the piano. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Did she really learn how to do all that? And then the German that she was speaking yeah. was so rudimentary. Rasputin. Was it? Oh, it's tut mir leid. Oh. Oh, zwei wow. und zwei, oh, Schnell. Oh. This is like fucking year one. What did she oh. do? Fucking babble for 10 minutes yeah. before and she filmed her scenes? Uh, whoever's praising Kate Blanchett, you know what? Uh-huh. Get off of it. Oh, no. And as far as conducting an orchestra, uh, yeah, I watched enough uh, Empire Strikes Back behind the scenes. Uh, not only that, but what was that yeah, Nintendo that. game back in the day? Was it what? There's a Nintendo game where you can conduct an orchestra. What was Wii that? Wii Music? Wii Music! Yeah. She probably just played Wii you Music know, with Ravi Drums. Conducting an orchestra, by the way... Is bullshit. Can we agree on like just play the fucking track? Look, you watch conductors and the professional ones. Nobody cares. This is all you gotta do. Yeah, it's all about the show. It's all about. Yeah, seriously. If you're not doing that, get. Yeah. I th- those I think- are the people who get famous. And what does that have to do with like? Music. I, I think the same thing when I see DJs, because I see some DJs go yes. up there and it's like they hit play on a yes. fucking iPod. They're you guys, like, that is, they're the like, same. You Conductors and DJs yes. are the same. You're, you're right. You're, you're pretending to make music, but you're not making the music. You, but you're basically hitting play. Holy. The conductors Shit. are the DJs of the 1700s. They hit the play button and then they just, it's the equivalent of doing this. But again, they get all the praise. Huh. Come on. Go. The whole movie, I was waiting for the drop. The sequel to Tar should just be like, you know, the story of Dead Mouse. Should be DJ Tar. And his fall from grace. So he takes the mask off. Tar is canceled. Exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that over again. No, it's good. Dialogue here. That was good. Yeah, don't de- don't uh, add music to my I, dialogue. I texted Rocco uh, when he picked this movie, and I hit play. And I was three minutes in, and it was still the credits, and it was of uh, I, maybe Yoko Ono. I'm not sure who was screaming. And and I just put, I'm already mad at you for picking this fucking movie. What is this? I don't think that was Yoko Ono. Wasn't that like a tribal song? Or I something? had no idea what that was, but I just it reminded me of Yoko Ono when she went into that museum and started making... Sounds, I don't know. It was something like that. Well, I like I like the music. Okay. Well, it sounded to me like that Yoko Ono performance in the museum. That's what it sounded like. I'm a Yoko me. Ono fan, so maybe you missed this one. So uh, there was a treat for you know opening credits. They they really front loaded all the credits. Yeah. At the front of the movie, I know a lot of people that told me that they dipped out on that or they you know whatever didn't weren't paying attention. But if you were if you were an astute viewer. You got a pretty funny gag payoff when, for a minute on screen, it's a special thanks Capcom for the Monster Hunter series. I mean, that comes up and it's like, I'm sorry, what? What? And man, does that pay off? At the last but, second. <laughs> yeah, at the last possible moment. But, yeah, you know, we'll get into that. You know, I was watching the credits to this movie. Uh, and the movie does open with like five minutes of credits. Yes. Very... <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Unentertaining credits. I don't know who you hired to make this credit sequence, but like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Get a goofier font or yeah. something. Like, spice it up a little Joker bit. Man well, Joker just, Man font. Joker Man. Fucking Comic Sans at this point. Anything. Yeah. What were that, you going to say? I thought the decision to do that was like, oh, you're saying something here. I don't know what you're saying. Maybe I'll figure out later in the movie. But this is there's a statement here that you're doing this first. There's no reason that you wouldn't do this first otherwise. If, what could this possibly mean? What you what you think it was? Uh, well, now I think it's kind of like you know, that was essentially everyone in the orchestra making this movie. You know, like they're assembling kind of. Yeah, like, like we're giving credit to everyone who took who every piece of this symphony. 
before you see the the actual performance. Yeah. Interesting. Was watching from that. Yeah. Hmm. I took something different from it, but what I was going to say, I was watching those credits pretty much falling asleep. They were losing me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Uh, within the first five minutes until I saw credits for the stunt team. It was like oh. stunts. And it was like five or to ten people. And then I was like, okay. Yeah, I don't know what this movie's about, but yeah. they're going to blow shit up. There's good fucking car crash. Yeah. I literally, I went into this movie <laughs> so cold and I'm like, I don't know what this movie's about, but there's there's stunts are in the credits and like stunt actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I the whole movie, I'm like, hold on. There's gonna be like there's gonna be like a fucking fight or some shit or like yeah. She's gonna fucking like crash a car through a fucking building or crash some. a tar. Dude, yeah, she's gonna do some like mission impossible shit, like run down the side of the fucking building and steal the papers or some shit. It's, Where were the fucking stunts in this movie? It's so funny. I can think the, of one. The credits set that up for she you. She slapped a guy. Was no. that the stunt? No. The one stunt. Oh, go ahead, Rocco. You're saying. Well, the, no, it's just funny what, what different experiences we had that you saw that in the credits and it set you on that path. I saw Monster Hunter and it's the whole movie. I'm going, <laughs> when's she going to get into Monster Hunter? When's she going to get a switch? When's she going to be like, I need to blow some steam off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So that was me. Uh, so I don't, you know, Sean, I don't know what you thought it was going to be based on the credits, but. Um, Boring. <laughs> um yeah um no what i was gonna what, was, oh, what the fuck was i gonna say i forgot damn it stunts St- oh yeah the the one oh, stunt yeah. is when she fell yeah that's like the that's only the thing, only I, think thing I could think of she, uh, eats, she eats shit and that and that was that looked good i thought it did that was good. a good looking stunt so stunt that was a home alone caliber stunt kate blanchett stunt double good job on that one yeah okay. um be- i do want to say before uh getting into the story itself though just Still on the credits, but the director of this movie. Yeah. I had not seen any of his other work. I don't know. I think this might be his first big theatrical thing, but I could be totally wrong on that. I'm pulling that out of my ass. But are you guys aware? Aren't you on the IMDb page? Can't you look I could. I actually could. (laughs) (laughs) We're not gonna. I have it here. Yeah. What were you gonna say? No, I didn't didn't look him up ahead of time, but I did Transformers. But you guys have seen his work before in some form. Oh. Oh. Um, Oh, I guess he's directed other stuff. I heard the last movie was 16 years ago. I spent a lot of time on Pornhub. Yes, that's no, that's true. Little little children. Yeah, I'm on. um, I'm on uh, browsers right now, and I'm seeing a bunch of stuff. No, um, no. But anyway, he yeah, he directed another movie 16 years ago. But you've seen his work in other forms. Have you guys ever been to a piano club late at night? A piano club late at night. And perhaps a man slipped you a password. Mac Tonight? Dude, he directed the Mac Tonight commercials for McDonald's. A That's piano fucking club crazy. where someone sent no. me a password? What? Fidelio. No, it's a Stanley Kubrick movie. Yeah. Uh, you're thinking of a different director. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You're referencing Eyes Wide Shut by Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Uh, I yes. believe. Well, this the director. The director of this movie is the guy who gives Tom Cruise the password. Oh, he's the piano and player? Eyes wide shut. Oh, wow. That guy did, did a couple little parts and then went on to direct. And this is, um, yeah. Wow. This is his work. Good for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He went on from playing a little piano at a club. See, it could happen to you guys. Work hard. You go from playing in a little club to d- uh, directing Tar. Well, I will say... This movie cost thirty-two million to make, and so far has made ten. So it's not looking good for another movie from for this guy. I mean, he's getting nominated for stuff, but I'm not sure if that investors care about that so much. I don't know how that works. I think they do. I yeah. think once it's nominated, it'll make money. I mean, yeah, it was not. I mean, we're only watching it because it was nominated. That's a good point. That's what happens. That's a good point. You, you also never know because man, Hurt Locker made it all the way and won Best Picture, and that was. I think that's still to this day like the least successful Best Picture. Mm. It, it, it made like fourteen million or but something. I kind of like feel that. like if you're nominated for Academy Award, you kind of live on forever. At least yeah. back in the day, now there's so many that maybe it's not the case. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, we're still talking know. about Hurt Locker every day. I talk about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, it's got to be a hit. <laughs> Anyways, okay, we've covered about, the, credits the credits and uh, <laughs> the final scene of this movie. Pretty much, you can fill in the rest on your own. See you later. No. Um, <laughs> the first is her going on that stage and doing that. And basically, I thought this was like an interesting way to do it. Where it's, you, you find out who she is through this. She's on stage and they're just giving her her biography to herself, you know, for the audience. And I... To me, it's, once I saw her start talking, I'm like, oh, she definitely 
the first word she said, I was like, oh, she's going to like win Best Actress. Like You could just tell that she was like something different here. <laughs> but I also was incredibly bored. <laughs> so I don't know. In this first part. What was the first word she said? I don't remember. I don't know the first word, but this, her started talking. Oh, and it was like her cadence yeah. was so, you know. I thought it was something dynamic. No, like, no, no. Uh, clairvoyance. And you're like, dang, that's an impressive word. She said, uh, skip it a dude. It just wasn't very Kate Blanchett to me. Yeah. She, she's already in another form yeah. right when it starts. See, I feel like Kate Blanchett, this is her thing, you know. She's always she's known for making movies where she transforms. Yeah. Uh, she's a very character focused actor and all the movies that Kate Blanchett makes are basically Kate Blanchett's going to be something a else. Fucking weird ass totally transformed like character. Like Daniel Day-Lewis maybe, you know. Yeah. She played she uh Bob Dylan, she played mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth, um She's played Tar, all very different characters, but like she fully, you know, becomes that. It's the thing about Kate Blanchett for me, it's she's kind of scary because yeah. I don't know who the real Kate Blanchett is. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. because she is so um transformative in her roles that I don't see like an actress portraying uh-huh. a character. Sure. She just becomes that character. You know, I mentioned Daniel Day-Lewis before, too, but I feel the same. I'm a little scared of him as well because I don't know who that guy is. Well, I've seen interviews with Daniel Day-Lewis, and he's like the most nice guy, you know. Mm. So I've seen his, but I guess I've never seen interviews with Kate Blanchett or the interviews I have seen with her. She seems very intelligent, like staggering amount of intelligence Mm -hmm. (laughs) to the point where it'd be like kind of intimidating. Like, yeah, she just seems uh, very, very smart and... Yeah, I got nothing but respect for her as an actor. Um, but it's almost like it's like a superpower. And I'm like, I can't handle yeah. you being so good at acting. Yeah. <laughs> I like movies where maybe the acting is a little shittier, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but the stunt team shows up a little sooner. <laughs> um, it, it So, you know. When I was watching this movie, the first 30 minutes, you told me you watched the movie before I did. You're like, I hated the first 30 minutes. But then the movie got better. Mm. So I kind of went in thinking, like, what do they do for this first 30 minutes that sucks? Yeah. Um, but then you came back from it. <laughs> I feel like this is a good movie, but it's a, like, very cerebral movie. Yeah, I, I felt it watching it like, am like, I not smart enough to watch this? Is what <laughs> I was thinking at first. Do yeah. I not get this? I felt like I was smart enough to get it, but the whole time watching it, I felt like I was dumb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was watching it with Joy, and I was telling her, like, I know what's going on in this movie, but I feel like I don't know what's going on in this movie because everything is, like, alluded to. The conversations are super dense. Mm -hmm. They're very dense, and, like, I also feel like... You don't even know what they're talking about, but you're just like, eh, they seem pissed off. And (laughs) it's a world that clearly, it's, like, high, high art, and I don't know anything about that. I know nothing about this. And I typically don't like, what am I trying to say? I feel like there's a lot of movies about rich people eating in rich restaurants, going to rich places mm-hmm. uh, that you're not invited to. And I'm like, I feel like I see a lot of these movies and mm-hmm. I, to the point where I'm kind of sick of it. You know, Th- this past year, I feel like was a huge rise in the rich people suck genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like I seriously felt like I saw 20 movies and like I'm that. like kind of tired of seeing rich people living their life and they're just so out of touch in their restaurants, like talking about stuff. I don't fucking know. Like right. I was watching this movie thinking like, I'd love to see a movie about shitty people in a shitty restaurant, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, uh, you know, I guess is like uncut gems. You know? Sure. I was yeah, like, yeah, those yeah. movies do exist. Yeah. I think I just prefer those. Yeah. Yeah. Long story short, um, you know, I started feeling like what this movie was so smart. It almost made me question if maybe I wasn't dumb, but the movie was dumb. Like maybe the movie wasn't as smart as I thought it was. Maybe they were just doing things on purpose to make me feel like the movie was smart. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and so. Bro, to get back to the credits, mm-hmm. why were the credits in the, at the beginning of the movie and why were they so long? I think it was to impart a sense of importance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was, you know, movies back in the 50s, traditionally, they would put credits in the front. That's like an old-fashioned way to do it, you know. I think that was their way of being like, this is very traditional art form and... 
you know, we're going to pay respect to all the people. And then the whole first 30 minutes is like a really boring interview and it makes you feel stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and at first intimidate, yeah, puts you down. I think they were almost. purposely trying to intimidate you yeah. to, to make you feel like and, and we could talk about this too. To make you feel like well, two things. I wondered if like Lydia Tarr was a real person. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it really made yeah. me question like, is Kate Blanchett, is this a biopic based on a real person I've never heard of? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually had to Google it. It's not. This is right. a totally fictional, it's fictional movie. Yeah. It's totally made up. Um, so then I was like, okay, it's made up. None of this is real. Why'd they spend so much time doing that? Oh, it was to make you feel like this is real and make you feel like this is a really important, rich, successful person who is so far beyond you and so much smarter than you and so much better than you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the rest of the movie, you kind of get to see why people um, basically allow Kate Blanchett to walk all over them. Yeah. You know, because it's like, you're not going to argue with somebody like that. Right. Yeah. You know, the first half hour of the movie is just basically telling you like, this is one of the most successful people in the world. They're an expert in what they do and they do everything and and nothing they do is wrong and they're rich yeah. and they're brilliant. You're in that field, whatever they call that, the distort, the perception distortion field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they, I, I've heard them talk about that, you know, with like Steve Jobs and like other right. people where you hear all that and you go like, well, you, you can do no wrong. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, and so I started thinking, like, you per- you purposely made the movie boring. That was it. You purposely made the first 30 minutes of your movie boring so that I felt like I was in school, and I felt like that's <laughs> and that's my professor up there. Yeah, and yeah. you also, yeah, I think it is, a, it is an interesting thing because you do feel bad about yourself, but she makes everyone feel bad about themselves, so maybe that's what that was, too. And, and, and yeah, ju- I felt like, fuck this woman. I'm watching yeah. her accolades, and I'm like... Fuck eating in these restaurants. Yeah. Fuck working in these <laughs> sterile fucking environments. Yeah. Like I started resenting the opulence. Yeah. Maybe, to, yeah. Maybe it was on purpose. To add to that, uh, Derek, that that that's so great. You're saying all that. I, after watching the movie, we rented it, and or I rented it, and I once it was over, I had to work on something. I was like, you know what? I'm still in the rental period. I'm just gonna play it again. I won't. You know, I won't probably won't pay as much attention to it, but I'm just gonna put it on again. Just background, whatever. And totally the second time felt way more everything what you're saying, because I think even again, not to you know foreshadow what happens later in the movie, but even in that opening thing, you know, a lot of, I felt like the first time I watched it, a lot of things were going past me. Yeah. But watching it a second time, she's even at one point going like, oh yeah, well, oh, of course. Well, then there's this one composer, da, 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 da. But later in his life ended up just playing someone else's uh, tracks at shows like a little dog show, you oh, know, and whatever. Shit. And it's it's like, oh, yeah, you're totally putting down other composer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're watching the first time, like, oh, she knows what she's talking about. But you watch it a second time, and you go like, oh, she's totally trampling what other people were doing and kind of dooms herself to that fate That's interesting. later. You know, mm-hmm. it was, I got, let me just say, way more out of this movie. Putting it on in the background a second time, I was just like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. You know. Totally. It was, so that I definitely, you, definitely. You guys may remember. I think that. we all took the same film class at our community college. Yeah. Uh, and the teacher said you have to watch every movie twice to fully understand <laughs> it. I definitely. I'll say that I definitely am lost the first. Time. <laughs> some movies, certain you, things. Some movies you get the first time, <laughs> and you don't need to watch them twice. But a movie like this that's kind of um, leaves you in the dust for the first thirty minutes. Yeah. There's definitely intentional things happening and you can't, there's no possible way to be aware of what the filmmaker is intending because you don't have the context of the rest of the story to go back and see the irony and see the groundwork. Right. So yeah. Yeah. A lot of of times I will hate a movie um, just because I don't fucking know what's going on. And then (laughs) when it clicks, I can go back and appreciate all that early stuff. And this was definitely one of those movies. And I think that, you know, after that first interview scene, it's her teaching like a class at Juilliard, I believe. And, that scene again is like, yo. There's a lot of crazy long dialogue, and this is yeah. one take. That like, was amazing. This is, this is really well done, and like, again, I was kind of bored and not even understand. She was insulting this kid. I don't even get how at first. I was like, I, <laughs> I know you're being a dick to, but I can't but figure I'm trying, out. I'm trying to unpack it. But how? How are you being yeah. a dick? I couldn't figure it out. She basically, um, to go over the scene for people who haven't watched it, she teaches conducting and he's 
trying to conduct. And first thing she asks him is like, what instrument do you play? To imply that he's not really a conductor. Yeah. And then he admits like, well, yeah, I'm traditionally a violinist. And then she insults the piece he's conducting because she's like, well, that explains why you would find joy in conducting a piece that sounds like a bunch of strings trying to be tuned. Yeah. And he like awkwardly mm-hmm. laughs. That, that's so, that laugh has stuck with me. <laughs> I thought like as good as Kate Blanchett was, that laugh was the most real I don't know why that particular uh, thing. Because that guy has been there. Because <laughs> it was, lived that. It yeah. was like, it was a, the, she said that, and then there was a pause, and then he did this awkward laugh to himself. But it was like, that was such good it was acting. This. It was a. <laughs> but then like, I was, I don't know, for some reason that laugh has really been like, that was good. That yeah. was a yeah. good laugh. It's that laugh when uh, your teacher is insulting you and you're trying to be, uh, let it roll off. So yeah. you're just like, well, I'll just laugh it off because fuck this person. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know who that actor is, but I do feel like you're, you're cast in this movie and it's like, all right, you're going to go with Kate Blanchett. It's going to be a 25 minute non-cut Jesus. scene. Good luck and it's you. just, you two of you talking, go ahead. It's like, fuck the pressure on that. And then uh, I, yeah. I nailed it. Nailed it. I thought. Yeah. Totally. Well, yeah, I mean, it must be fun to have a scene with Kate Blanchett. You're like 20 years old. Yeah. One of the greatest Dude. actors in the fucking history of the world is going to have a scene with you. I bet there's like some one-on-one, like sitting down with Kate being like, so we got to nail this? Like, let's yeah. go over our lines, you know? Oh, for sure. I think you should do it like this. He'd be like, okay, Kate, what else? <laughs> Whatever like, you say. Dude, yeah, I would have waited. I would have let her get so far into that scene and then been like, yeah, you would have. Just yeah. fucked it up. Yeah, like, we know I, you, Rocco. Sorry, Kate. Got to do it again. That's oh, called, that would have been That's so called funny. Rocco style. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Kate. I wish I could look up how many times they did that one Sorry, scene. Galadriel. I also wasn't sure, because, you know, Children of Men kind of made it, like, kind of the bit of, like, a lot of one take. Yeah. Throughout the movie, but this is the only one in this movie that I, could, that I was aware of. I don't yeah. know if it was anymore, but I thought maybe it'd be a recurring thing, but it wasn't. There are a lot of good uh, long one take uh, things in Fablemans too. For all you fable, is there for all you fable freaks out there, you I know what I'm talking probably about. Probably see that movie. Ooh. I heard that movie is trash. Okay, so no. don't bother. All right, no. fair enough. Uh, and of course, famously, Russian Ark is a movie that's all one take. That minutes. was one where I was like, guys, Adobe Premiere, use yeah, it exactly. Cut. Um. So, Tar. Oh yeah. So, yeah. anyways. Uh, teaching a class it's called a fucking bitch and then the scene ends you know I kind of felt like the plot itself the order of things didn't really matter I think the first like majority of the movie is just learning out who she is yeah. right and like you kind of see like now she has like a partner that she is raising like I don't know if they're married maybe but they're raising a kid with but like you just kind of see her going about her life and Kind of being an asshole to literally everyone, right? Like just yeah. There's mm-hmm. just l- low key abuse of her place, kind of just constantly, um, in every at every level. <laughs> yeah, um, and I didn't, you know, know what this movie was about. Um, but I feel like that is, and ultimately, what it ended up being, uh, is just yeah, Tar Lydia Tar's. Like Rocco said, abuse of power in all aspects of her life. And I think, you know, there's a message here, which is people who abuse their power sometimes don't think they have power. And that's why they abuse it. Yeah. Because she's in the role traditionally that a, that a straight white man would be in Mm -hmm. and I'm not just saying that I feel like this is an intentional part of the movie they often reference how most of the famous composers throughout history are cis white men and so Lydia Tarr being a self-proclaimed lesbian as she says in that scene she kind of even vocalizes it in that scene yeah yeah, she does I'm a lesbian therefore I can get away with insulting this student of hers who identifies as like a bi POC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they kind of, I think that they're trying to say like, she does, she doesn't see herself as Bach. She doesn't see herself as Beethoven. Yeah. And so like, I'm not doing what those guys are doing. I don't have the power that they have. But then over the course of the movie, it comes out like, no, you do. And you don't realize that you do. Yeah. And you're kind of, yeah. Abusing it. <laughs> yes. 
Um, and so the movie's like three hours long. It's a long movie. Yeah. It didn't feel too long. I was generally interested. Yeah. But yeah, you kind of just, um, it's a very subtle movie and you just see, you know, we talked about how the dialogue was dense and I was like, a lot of times I don't know what you're talking about, but I feel like what Mm. the scenes ultimately are about are just her abusing her power. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking like in every facet, like even like when her kid has a bully, and uh, she goes and say. confronts that little girl, which, you know, I don't want to talk. Oh, you've done this? No. <laughs> but I will say that this, to me, was like, no one in the planet has seen the movie um, This Is 40, but no. they do Paul Rudd? exactly this. Come on. Leslie Mann, Paul Rudd. Uh, yeah. I've seen that scene in particular. I think that was like shown to me, that one scene. But it's the same thing. Like, oh, No one's going to really? believe you because you're a kid and I'm an adult. And if you uh, fuck with my kid again, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And Which, that was almost a, it was a rip off of this is 40. By they the way, just admit it. by the way um, I, I perceive this movie as a drama, but I have been, I've read an article that said it was a comedy. This movie? Yes. Oh, a very, very dark comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so okay. that's, out, that's out for debate. Yeah. Is this, and honestly, the line between tragedy and comedy is time that's what that's what shakespeare said tragedy uh, plus time equals, equals comedy. comedy if you yeah. have enough distance from the tragic thing that happened you can laugh at it maybe mm-hmm. there's just not enough distance in this movie for it to be funny maybe. but there are some funny things happening um but yeah when she like tells the child in this is 40 that's like a funny scene yeah but in this movie it's you're just like Man, you're a fucking bitch. Like, yeah. once again, you're abusing your power. And this, to me, was, like, one of the most powerful scenes because it really dialed home what the movie was about for me. Yeah, you abuse your power at work. Yeah, you abuse your power in the orchestra. You feel like you're the leader there and that people should respect you. But you're also abusing the power you have as an adult mm-hmm. in society to intimidate a child and then lie to any person that child would go to to find help. Yeah. And that's an extreme abuse of power, one that you will never get caught for. And so it's a big character revealing moment yeah. of like, you really care about yourself. You have no fucking concept about what you may be doing to that child, traumatizing them, yeah. making them like, this is not the way to handle it on a mature level. This is a very vindictive almost sociopathic way yeah. Well, yeah. to, to yeah. handle it. And Manipulative, self-centered. And that's what I was going to say is when she does that and is walking away and starts saying hi to the other moms, like nothing just happened. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're a psycho. Like you're yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think that this, uh, I mean, you could obviously say this character is suffering from some sort of mental illness. What character isn't suffering from some sort of mental illness? Yeah. But this person seems like um, a sociopath. And, and there were some other little clues to that maybe like yeah. before she would light the candle in her apartment she'd do the same like thing like, like then light the candle like some weird like breathing things was like well, what, what's that that could be like some ocd tendencies that's what i thought too. i don't know i don't I'm know i'm not a psychologist i'm just guessing but i did notice like oh, I, I made note of it like what yeah. is that what's but happening here i think the character is just very like manipulative and complicated complex i think that's why Kate blanchett will Definitely got a nomination, might win the Oscar because Lydia Tarr is very unlikable, but you kind of, you kind of want to be Lydia Tarr. You kind of want to be the best in your field. You kind of want to be, you know, the person that everybody looks to for the answers, you know, but you don't want to be the bad side. You don't want to be like the manipulative, evil, you know, fucked up person. But then you watch this and you're like, Lydia doesn't even realize that. Well, I guess on some level she does, but on some level she doesn't see. Yeah. And that's the, a- all the bad stuff that's going to happen as a result of her actions coming down the pipeline. She's oblivious to it. And and that is the thing that really I think I took note of is that like, like you know, her wife or her assistant later on, like yeah. she, the way she treats people, she's terrible to them and yeah. then just moves on like that doesn't matter. Yes. You know, and it really is like, well, yeah, it's just you, like, oh, bitch. Do you, you know, just not asshole. like see that it doesn't yeah. matter? Or, you know, like, what, what is happening? One of my favorite moments in the movie, I think, was so small, but there's a character who's, um, so Lydia, it starts in New York. She eventually moves to Berlin. She's teaching at a school there. Um, and there's like an assistant 
conductor, this guy who she obviously doesn't like, finds him annoying. And he's always clicking this pen. Right. The pen clicking is very annoying. Um, and she wants to fire him, right. but not even fire him. She wants to manipulatively remove him from the school, almost make him volunteer to leave. Yeah. And I, I thought, I don't know if I, I think I pieced this together correctly. Maybe I didn't, but I think her mentor that she has lunch with at that restaurant, yeah, that is the assistant conductor's husband. And that's why that he has that job still. I think they mentioned that maybe. Interesting. So I think that's why that she's allowed him to still be there, even though she does not want him there. Is that like, well, my mentor in the past, like, you know, so I just, I'll let him be there, but then she had enough. Yeah. Well, she goes to have this conversation with him and he's like clicking the pen and she compliments something on his shelf. He's like, Oh, I'll show you that. And he goes to grab it and she steals his pen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that to me was the most like, Kate Blanche is going to win an Oscar for stealing that pen. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of those character moments where it was like, Clearly, this guy has a tick, mm-hmm. and this pen is something you know, just a compulsion that he has. But you find it so annoying, you're gonna manipulatively steal his pen from him, yeah, just so he doesn't annoy you, yeah, during this conversation where you're then going to try to manipulatively get him to voluntarily quit his job. It, yeah, it was so like just the stealing of the pen was yeah. like the whole character in one action, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought to me also. Uh-huh back to the pen thing it was like if she was taking the pen had in her pocket and then as she was leaving oh hey you dropped this okay now you can you, that you no. need that and now it's gone took it away from it but she just took it away altogether and left as in like you don't need this anymore it's like that is so yeah. <laughs> fucking crazy yeah and it makes me think too back to that scene where she was insulting her student he was shaking his leg nervously right and right she, same and thing she stops him yeah. there too. yeah yeah so it's like she and makes people feel uncomfortable, but then when they show signs of that, that annoys her and she forces them to stop. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Now I'm just vocalizing what Kate Blanchett did well, as such a great actress. Yeah, it's just anything she doesn't like, steamroll that. Yeah, basically. Like, no, 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 that doesn't work for me. I'm going to stop that. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, the attitude. It, it fits the character perfectly. Yes. So <laughs> the, the first hour, hour and a half of the movie is just situations like this. Yeah. I find them pretty enjoyable as uh, just a showcase of this character. Yeah. This yeah. movie is Kate Blanchett playing an interesting and complex character. Which, you know, Derek, I did say when I was only half an hour, I'm like, I don't know about this fucking movie. Like, I, I'm, but as it got further along, I was like enjoying her. Yes. So yeah. much that I was like, okay, I'm, I think I'm seeing it a little bit more. And I was, yeah. you know, not sure it was going to go still. The story is the character. And sometimes yes. the movies are like that. Like, what the story is, who is Leslie Tarr, and how does she affect the world, and how does the world affect her back? And, and there's not, like, an external... There is an external story, which is she, you know kind of wants to hook up with her students. She has these relationships with pretty much everybody. It's never really explained. A lot of this movie is like implied, you know, uh, her wife was a former student. Perhaps her assistant is a former lover. Perhaps you see her bringing in a new cellist who she very clearly has an attraction to. Yeah. Even like, uh, we haven't really covered this, but like a, major thing in this movie is this person, Krista Taylor. That's what I was getting to. Okay, sorry. Well, and this is like the external plot is one of these former student relationship, whatever. Yeah, there was a relationship there, right? I don't know. They don't say what they kind of, yeah, was. Oh, with her? Yes. So it's all implied, right? This is a very dense movie. This is why I'm like, the movie is trying to make it seem smarter than it actually is. Because they don't actually explain what happened. They mm. just kind of imply what happened. And then they leave it to you to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're like, oh, I see what they're doing. But then you're like, but I'm not sure because now, <laughs> now I'm filling in the gaps and, and you're not really telling me. So, But yeah, in my interpretation, yeah. Leslie and her assistant had like a three-way relationship with okay. this girl, Krista. That would make and, sense. And that's why her... Assistant comes to her one day crying and she's like, I need to be held. And she's like, why? And then he shows her, she shows Leslie this email or whatever the story. Yeah. Lydia. Chris, Krista. No, Lin- Lin- Lydia, Lydia. Lydia. Who was originally named Linda. Linda, yeah, yeah. Lydia. Whatever. 
Kate Blanchett, she shows Kate Blanchett this article like, oh, this person we used to know, Krista. Oh, I can't believe she did that. You know, you're starting to think, did she die? And then they're like crying and they were like, oh, we were so great together. You remember? She's like, no, we have to forget her. We have to forget about that. Mm. You know, it was like, she was crazy. Mm. So it's definitely mm. like mm. some, some, and, and nobody there is, uh, is Lydia's wife either. So there's just a lot of relationship stuff going on. And yeah, yeah so there was, a and I do. And like, I, 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 I can't decide if I like it or I don't that like, I wanted to know more about this. Like this is the, the catalyst of the movie that in ends up taking her down eventually. Yeah. But like, I wanted to even just through the emails, you got like little glimpses of these emails, but I wanted to like, okay. So in the, the credits, Krista Taylor is like casted, but yes. I, but she's who? in the first scene. She's the redheaded woman who's watching the interview uh, you remember the interview goes on for like 15 minutes and, and then, then it ends with the back of a redheaded woman yeah. watching and then you never see that character again. But uh, then later you oh. see a picture of Krista and she has that vibrant red Holy hair. Holy well, shit. I was like, where is she? I'll take it a step further. And oh. this is what elevated the movie to me. Um, th this, was, this was a second viewing situation. This movie is, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit here. Bear with me. This movie's low key a ghost story too. Well, because, yeah, yeah, I was about to get into that too. Okay, Lydia may be haunted, yeah, and maybe haunted by Krista, yeah. But that actually was a part of the movie I did not like. But oh, really? Go ahead and, and tell us what you perceived on well, the second view. Well, because the first time I watched it, there there's scenes later on where, uh, yeah, we 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 do find out later that 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 she took her own life. That that person emailing them, which to your point, Sean, about like oh, I want to know more about it. I want to more. Of that. I kind of, I actually kind of liked. It felt like you know she's sweeping it under the rug. We're in, yeah. we're as in the dark as anyone else. Sure. And then when you see those glimpses of the emails, like oh, I oh, think fuck, the oh, point fuck, there fuck. is yeah. like we as normal people, yeah, we care mm -hmm. and we want to know more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Lydia, as a sociopath, does not care right. and literally just yeah. wants to sweep this under the rug and move on. Right. Yeah. Um, but there was a shot where they're getting out of the car later that I felt like, okay, I feel like th there's like a person in the foreground. I'm, I'm like waiting for it to cut to them and they don't like there's someone standing there like in the corner of the frame Is it beginning of the movie, almost like watching them go in uh -huh. yeah. and it never cuts to them. Yeah. It's not super in your face, but I'm just like, that was kind of weird. Like what did they delete a scene? And it didn't occur to me till later, there's a million shots in this movie where that girl is just in the frame. Um, oh. There's a point where she gets up in her apartment. I don't remember if the, the thing starts making noise or whatever. Yeah, and you can literally you see her way deep in the frame. They're just like barely hiding behind a door. That girl is just standing there like a fucking specter. What? In her house? There's a bunch of That's shots like that. I didn't see that. Yeah. There's Whoa. a bunch of shots you know, like that throughout the Obviously. Throughout the movie. So throughout the movie, we have scenes where Lydia's jogging through the park and she hears a woman screaming. Yeah. And it scares her, but she can't find the source of it. She wakes up at night and hears the metronome clicking inside a shelf. She turns it off. How did the metronome turn on? She asks her daughter, were you in my office? No, I wasn't in there. It's like fucking classic fucking haunted house shit yeah <laughs> uh she finds that her notebook has been mysteriously misplaced and they really kind of hit it on the head with um when she drops a student off at this like dilapidated building yeah and then oh the student yeah. forgot something in my car and she goes in can't find the student but then like the spectral black dog mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the hellhound yeah. You know, from like folklore and mythology is there like growling Cerberus. at her. <laughs> yeah. And causes her to fall. So, yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice the, the actual like phantom stand. She's in a ton of shots. That's interesting. I kind of just read it as this movie's kind of a low key horror film, but they're not <laughs> committing enough to it to me actually thinking it's a real horror film. So, I wonder if it's more like Lydia is haunted by her bad deeds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, but she's almost actually haunted. So here's here's <laughs> why it didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. This movie takes so much time to ground itself in reality to the point where you actually think, like, is this a real person? The paranormal aspect of it was not grounded in reality. And that I was like, 
this doesn't, this is either a movie that's trying to be real or it's not. And I, and, sure. and it, it didn't ruin the movie for me, but all of those scenes kind of just existed outside, you know, of my reality for this movie. Like there's weird stuff happening, but I'm not going to think too hard about it because I don't know if this movie is about that. You know, I do think with that stuff, all that stuff that was like the haunted stuff was always at night, except for that one part in that, uh, when she chased that girl's to get their toy back, whatever. Yeah. Um, and the screen during the park. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also made me think like, are these dreams though? Like, cause they never really, there were some clearly dreams mm -hmm. that you would see. So to me, it's like, well, is, are she having nightmares and she can't like distinguish which is real, and which is not? They could be. And sometimes if you watch Mega Strange, you'll know ghosts are said to appear to you in dreams mm -hmm. yeah. sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that could mm -hmm. still be. Oh, shit. I just got the dream that was like, what the fuck is this? And it was like out of focus and it was like two women like embracing, but the girl had red hair. That yeah, was Krista. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Also the dream like of her floating on the river in the bed and the bed is on fire. It's like she did all these sexual things and then it consumed her and now she's going to be sent up the river and it's literally the river that she goes up at the end of the movie. Oh, is it the same river? I didn't realize it until oh, now, but I'm like, yeah, she's floating yeah. in a jungle river and yeah. at the end of the movie, she's floating up a jungle river. There's mm. also like in that same shot, there's like a snake coming towards the bed too. That I didn't notice the first time. Oh, I didn't oh. notice that either. There's a serpent going towards the bed. So but I got the impression that those dreams, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Rosemary's Baby. I have not. Yeah, should, yeah, yeah. We should yeah, watch it. Um, that yeah. my favorite dream sequences, yes. uh, from a movie are Rosemary's yep, Baby. I probably agree with that. Yep. The very and I love the dream sequences of Sopranos too. And yes, I feel like they're very similar that. when it's like you don't quite know it's a dream, yeah. And then the moment you do realize it's a dream, the dream is over. Yeah, they nailed. It that. has that feeling. Yeah. And um, in Rosemary's Baby, there's a scene where there's like a bed floating on the ocean. Yeah. And I almost felt like this was trying to channel some of that. It was almost like inspired by Rosemary's Baby. Those dreams in Rosemary's Baby are when Rosemary is kind of being influenced by a demonic entity, maybe the devil. So in this movie, those dreams could be her influenced by this ghost of Krista. Yeah. Mm. And I'm just spitballing right now because this just occurred to me as, um, as we're talking. Uh, yeah. I, you know, and, and with all with this aspect of the movie, I, I liked it because it it rode that line to me of, you know, yeah, this could be her anxiety. She is so self-important, so whatever, that in her mind she might be conjuring all this like, you know, oh, this is... I'm being haunted by this thing, you know, whatever. This could all be a thing built up in her head. And I wanted to just say, with her hearing that scream in the park, yeah. the thing that people have been debating endlessly since this movie came out is that scream is the scream at the end of the Blair Witch. That movie what? It is literally the woman at the end of the Blair Witch sees the, I'm not spoiling the Blair Witch, she sees the thing no, happening right. over there. <laughs> scream, huge scream. It's the same audio. That's Whoa. that recording. And so what the why? debate what the debate has been is like, why was that used? Yeah. And there's some people who are like, oh, stock, stock uh, scream. But other people are like, no, that they licensed that. that that's not um, that wasn't just sitting in a sound library. That actress did that. Wow. Um, you know, that uh, so was it did they didn't think that people would know? But other people are like, no, nah, that's I mean, that's the ending of that movie. This had to be intentional. And I would even suggest, this is my maybe goofy interpretation of it, is, again, maybe this is in her head. Maybe that's something she saw in a movie and, and these things that are weighing on her, she's, she's feeling that and, and it's popping into her head and it's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't I, know. Can I give an analysis? Sure. And this is, uh, I'm coming from like the place of a creator. Yeah. Somebody who's made a couple films, you know, made version feature length stuff. <laughs> I think that maybe the director was just trying to be funny. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. sometimes yeah. you don't have this big artistic intention. <laughs> sure. Sometimes you make decisions because you're like, eh, yeah, that one's like an inside joke. Yeah. You know, and it's like, if this movie truly is a dark comedy. Yeah. And this movie truly is low key, a horror movie. Then maybe the director just thought it would be funny. Like, Let's use a scream from a really famous yeah, campy from, horror yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In our movie, because at the end of the day, 
this movie actually is not serious. This movie yeah. actually is a little silly. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though it's presented in such a serious manner. And I wouldn't think that, except for the fucking ending of this movie. Yeah. Is so out of left field. It, a, a it, it makes me question, it. like, yeah. somebody had a fucking sense of humor on this set. <laughs> yeah. and, and a lot of it we didn't get. Like, a lot of us weren't well, aware of the humor of this movie. Yeah. Well, you're, what you're talking about, too, happens all the time with David Lynch stuff, where people are like, I think there's a monkey because... And they have a whole essay, and then it's just David. David, I saw a monkey. I really liked feeding the monkey some peanuts. You know, it's like okay, wasn't that serious? Yeah, uh, it happens all the time. But uh, yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that. But people are still anyway. That's all I was gonna say was people are still debating the use of that. Interesting. In that, so you never know. That is interesting. Um, Damn. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can basically get to the end, right? I mean, do we need to? I think we are at the end. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. I mean, like honestly, the one part we really didn't talk about was the the new cellist, and you kind of see her using her power to manipulate what she wants. And this is probably yeah. the most like obvious sense of it, right? Like she sees this girl, she thinks she's cute. I'm guessing, and then kind of is swaying everything in her favor. And this girl, I thought it was interesting. Actually, there was a moment where um. It kind of shows how young this girl was. Also, that Krista Taylor girl in her uh, obituary was young. She was like 25, 26. Mm, and mm. Kate Blanchett is obviously much, much older. So she definitely is using her power here. But uh, that the Russian girl didn't seem to give half a shit about Kate Blanchett in any way. Mm, but the mm. part of that was, it was interesting is like when she's talking about music with her and she's like, well, do you, what record did you listen to? And the girl was like, I watched it on YouTube. Like, what are you talking about? Like, the uh, record. Uh, uh. Huh. And I thought that was an interesting, fun little bit here. <laughs> that Lydia is so unaware of what she does in social media, and that doesn't—that's not even a thing to her. Yeah, she's so in tune of the old that. school ways. Yeah. yeah, I wonder too. At one point, she complains about all these people trying to cancel her as millennials, and I'm like, well, they're definitely Zoomers. And I wondered, <laughs> like, is that a mistake on the writer's part, or did Lydia is Lydia just like out of touch with generations? Yeah, I took it as that—that that it's just that's the typical line. Oh, millennial, you know, like, I, f yeah, that's what I took it as. It's just, eh, you know, I've dude, heard, I was like, I'm repeating this buzzword. Stop you know. fucking blaming millennials for yeah. all your problems, dude. Yeah, millennials are fucking forty. <laughs> <laughs> These are twenty-year-old Zoomers. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So. All of this catches up with Lydia. Yeah. Her assistant quits on her. She manipulates the dude to get fired. Um, people at her work start resenting her. And then the suicide of this former lover, protege, comes out in the newspaper. And basically, the movie is about this woman getting canceled. Mm -hmm. And I was ready for it. I was like, they're going to cancel her. That's, that's great. This is so entertaining. Um. They they do cancel her. Uh, you know, the movie is very... I kind of can't tell if I like it or not how subtle it is. At, at yeah, times, I'm sure. like, I love how they don't explain shit. But other times, I'm like, this is a little boring. You should just say what sure. you say what you want to say and move on. Yeah, yeah, I do think there was so much character building in the first two hours of this movie that I wish there was more of the repercussions. Because you end up, like, really... yeah. You don't root for her ever. And every time she has the opportunity to do something, she always does the wrong thing. Yeah. The only time I could ever think of she actually did something that was like for someone else is when that really creepy scene of that woman who had fallen and they she just put her back in a wheelchair with that her neighbor or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. she literally picked that living up and but then like went home and was like grossed out and had to like wash herself immediately because she was so disgusted yeah. with what she just saw. Yeah. But like she doesn't do literally anything for anyone. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, but I, I and I did feel like I could have even used dare I mean dare I say make the movie longer, but I could have used even a little more of that side of the movie once 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 shit once the boom got dropped on yeah. her with all the the repercussions of everything. Yeah, I was kind of like, ooh, we're getting into some good stuff now, and then looking, it's like, oh, the movie's kind of wrapping up, you know? Yeah, and, so uh, and I, I could have used a little more with of that. the elements of like it being a ghost story or a horror mm -hmm. story. It's like, what did you did we forget that we had a ghost in this movie? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. was you know, it kind of like what was the point of that? Mm -hmm. Kind of left that um, 
you know, and maybe that's on purpose too. There is one point in the movie yeah. where the, her brother says like, got a lot of loose ends. And she's like, what? And he's like, don't really know where you came from. Don't know where you're going. Yeah. 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 yeah the yeah. movie has a lot of loose ends. Yeah. Maybe that's them commenting on like, that's the nature of life. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, she is exiled from society, from music society, her career. I think she ends up going to Singapore. Yeah, I can't. I'm Thailand, to, they don't really say, yo, fucking fi- go guess. Tar doesn't explain where she goes. <laughs> um, and it seems like she's going to be teaching. The Philippines is what it says here. Okay. It seems like she's teaching at a school there, doing a guest uh, conductorship there. We don't know. It's, you know, like maybe she's just going to exist in this third world country and do what she does there. The final scene, she's conducting an orchestra and then it cuts to a room full of cosplayers. Yeah. And I had to Google this. I was I was <laughs> like, what the fuck was she's playing to a room full of fucking cosplayers? Like, what is this? She's doing like video games live. She's like <laughs> playing the soundtrack to Monster Hunter. And yeah. They're all Monster Hunter fans. Yeah. Which do you I wonder like did they know anything about video games or did they just like that it was a video game called Monster Hunter and this movie is yeah. about like hunting this predator? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, that's a good name for a video game. It's pretty interesting. Because you could uh, Final Fantasy seven, you know. Or yeah. Hmm. Bro, what it cuts to fucking like they're doing video games live. I like, I didn't know what to think, man. <laughs> that, that one. That, that well, hit too close to home. I was like, oh, so I guess... <laughs> building your whole career off of video games is just a big fucking joke. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Huh. To, to me, to me though, it was less about uh, you know <laughs> insulting the work of video games and more just she's doing the like I said the shit she put she yeah. literally puts this kind of work down at the opening of the movie and talks for twenty minutes about how she's better than this. And it kind of all paid off there. It's like, yeah, you, you're in your place now. You know, this, this is what you said you were too good to do, you know, whatever. And so I thought it was more about that, uh, whatever. I mean, you know, yeah, not I, that I'm not sensitive about Monster Hunter. You know, I they should, they better not be insulting Monster Hunter. It just, but yeah, to see like, oh, this is how far she's fallen. But it's like, oh man, that's a, that's a, the lowest bar. You, you could also. I was fucking insulted. Can I just say, who the fuck wrote this movie? Oh, how do we show Lydia's ultimate disgrace? She plays video game music. You know what? This video game fucking concerts probably make more money than any of the stupid Berlin Philharmonic, yes, whatever yeah. shit. You know what? Monster Hunter made. A fucking billion dollars. How much movie did Tar make? Exactly. Uh, Ten. Ten million. Yeah. So More. you want to act like video games are lowbrow, like the biggest, to the lowest she could fall, most disgraced. Yep. I'm a gamer. Yep. Fuck you. Uh, well, also. <laughs> money equals better than guys. To, I mean. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? This is the most unrealistic part of the whole movie to me is that literally everyone was cosplaying. That doesn't I happen. Don't think that doesn't happen. So. No, not, there's usually a mom or a dad. Not yeah. everyone cosplays, and no one. You yeah. know what? I've been to video games live, and pretty much no one cosplays. Yeah. To be real, <laughs> and be you real. know what? Lydia Tarr isn't cool enough to compose for video games live. We don't want snooty, world class, <laughs> sexual predator, disgrace composers. We want people who could play electric guitar. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Uh, I, but I was going to say, I, my other interpretation, though, of this last part, and I, I feel like another way you could look at it, in a, I, I, I don't know if it's positive, but it, it is kind of also like, well, she's too powerful to truly be canceled. This is a gig. She's no. doing a, a big ass thing. But I think it's like, yo, you, yeah, you're you're too big to totally get eradicated. So you're working, but you're doing that thing you always said you weren't gonna do. You know what I mean? Like you you, you were put in your place, but you're still like those who are this big aren't truly eradicated. You know, when like she was that, in you know? the, I don't know, and she's in the Philippines, and then she, the massage thing, which was very unnerving. I thought like the fishbowl and like picking the masseuse out, and then that, but then she yeah. like runs out and throws up and it's like so she's definitely like fucked up yeah she's tortured in some way and she hates this like this is rock bottom for her yeah 
Um, I just, I honestly, overall thinking about it, I wish there was, yeah, more of her fall because the whole thing is a fall from grace. That's the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. You start at the very top and you work your way down. Yeah. But I wish there was a little more of the falling because I wanted to see this because this character sucks and uh-huh. I wanted to see her be miserable, miserable for a little longer. <laughs> personally. Yeah, I just feel like they purposely chose not to show that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. They just kind of showed you, you know, it was like, did she even divorce her wife? I think she did at the and end, that, but they yeah, don't, they, they don't like show. It's just like, hold on, wait, no, no, no. And then that's it. She goes like, to pick up her kid and then the the w- wife takes her away and says, please don't do this. And that's it. And then you don't see that oh, ever again. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. But it's like. But then she's also like. In her own apartment, like they're not living in the they're, same yeah, house anymore. But I just right. like, oh man, just give me like ten seconds of dialogue, just so I can see what happened here. Like, let me just see. I don't know. I just so a little bit more. It was a directing choice. Totally. It was like they choose not to show you. You know, it's like that episode of The Simpsons when Lisa's watching this really great jazz performer. Do you mm-hmm. remember this episode? Bleeding Gums Murphy? Well, it's a Bleeding Gums Murphy episode, oh. but they're listening to somebody else, and uh, somebody in the music is like, somebody in the audience is like, this music really stinks. And <laughs> Lisa goes, you have to listen to the notes she's not playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that guy goes, I could do that at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what this movie is. Like, You have to listen. You have to notice the scenes they're not showing. You. Right, right. Totally. And, and I the, did do it at home. I watched the whole thing. You know, even the point where she realizes her deposition and they say, like, do you need help remembering with the emails? And you know that these emails are a thing and they're a problem. And the second, like, oh, this is going to, this is when she finds out she's fucked. Like, let's, yeah. let's and they cut. It's like, what? what no. Yeah. I wanted to yeah. see that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's kind of like the notes that aren't there. You got it. It's just like jazz. Just like jazz. So we can uh, get to our reviews now. Yeah. Rocco, you picked it. You want to go first? Uh, Yeah. When it ended the first time, first time credits roll, I was, I liked it. I, you know, I, 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 I was like, Hey, I appreciate this. I don't know if it's totally my cup of tea, but very well done. You know, whatever. Bravo. Um, so I would have gave, given it a three, maybe, um, and then just the more I thought about it was like, mm, yeah, oh, that, oh, yeah, that, that. And then having the second playthrough was like, okay, yeah, yeah. There was, there was a lot more being juggled here than I gave it credit for after the first, you know. Like I said, for me, I'm super dumb, so I definitely got to see things twice. But this one, I'm glad I did play it again because uh, I got even that much more out of it. And I'm going to bump it up to a four. Um, I think there's great performances, a lot of subtle shit. That just um, was super well done for a guy that is only making a movie every 15 years. I think he did a pretty good job. Um, and uh, yeah, the kind of the kind of the kind of thing shit I'm thinking about weeks later that I love in a movie. Kind of, I got a little bit of a Paul Thomas Anderson vibe from the way it kind of played out this way. And there wasn't a, there isn't just like one key to understanding all of it. I I, I appreciated that. So yeah, I'm gonna bump it. I'm gonna bump it up to a four. There it is. Nice. Well, I don't think you're super dumb. So I think you're smart too. Yeah, yeah. You're, well, you're thank a you. genius, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. Brilliant. That makes two two of you. Um. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think I give this movie four as well. It's very well made. Um. You know, I like. I I would consider this like fine cinema. You know, this is an, <laughs> obviously an award-winning film. They intended it to be an award-winning film. It's really interesting. Not my favorite movie. You know? Yeah. Definitely like, hey, four stars. Super well-made. Yeah. I don't even know if I'd... Re- who would I recommend this to? I don't know. <laughs> if you really want to see, like, fucking... Um, if you're really into amazing acting, check out Kate Blanchett in this movie. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. But This know, is an Oscar nominee. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, but this like, is what it, that was made for. You want yeah. a ghost story? <laughs> I'm not recommending this one. You no, know, like... No. Uh, powerful person fall from grace i could probably find a movie i like a little bit better on that topic than this Mm, so that's my review of it that that's why i was hovering around a three initially not because it wasn't well done or whatever i don't know how many times i'm going to return to this or just put this on for fun you know whatever but uh but not but i bump it up because i do think it's a but we didn't talk about we didn't even talk about the stunt 
She does oh. uh, lose her mind and beat up a guy in this movie. So oh. for that, you know, four stars. Oh, mm. yeah, mm. that's right. Watch that's the movie. That, she it. does do that. Um, I was like, I had to watch that twice. Yeah, that I was. Like, uh, did, did I see uh, this correctly? That was, yeah, no. that was a good. I thought one. it was going to be she dreamed that. Me too. Yeah. Like, oh, go, oh, no. Um, for me, when I finished this movie, I sat on the couch and been like, I liked it. I'll never see that again. Mm-hmm. And as time has gone on, I think I've changed. Like I would watch this again. Yeah. Um, and I've thought about it a lot since I finished this movie. And I really liked it. And I I don't think it's up for debate. She's going to win the Academy Award for this. And I I honestly haven't seen all the other nominees. And I know it's a bold statement. But yeah. I am I would put money on it. She's going to win. I, I think people, not to interrupt, but I was just going to say, people really love, there's a lot of Oscar nominees this year for people who they re- people really love do you know what i mean you know where it's that kind of thing where it's like it might not be the best performance but everyone's rooting for mm-hmm. that person yeah um you know that's happening with what's his name the whale brendan uh, fraser brendan fraser you know even if you haven't seen the movie there's people going i hope he wins good yeah. for him yeah. i do think a lot of people want michelle yo to win uh mm. for uh everything Every- everywhere all at once people really love her and she you know she really put herself out there in a lot of situations in that movie that she wouldn't normally be in but when it comes to just down to just acting i don't know how you're topping that like yeah to me if you really want to give it for the performance itself she's come on yeah how are you doing yeah. better than has this? she won an oscar before what's that has yes. Pete Blanchett won i think yeah, so i think she went for elizabeth mm. oh. um, yeah. yeah acting wise this is just like monologues this is just Kate Blanchett doing monologues. She's crying. And not yeah. just monologues, but like hard monologues. Yeah. Like the words yeah. are like not like, and sometimes it's in German. Yeah. <laughs> in and out. The crying scene she did. That wasn't like a single tear, like squeezing. No. That was like 10 single tears, mm-hmm. you know, well, squeezing out. I mean, the, the, her playing the fucking accordion in that one scene. Give it to yeah. her for just that. Yeah. That was funny. funny. Going off. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought this movie started off. I really didn't like it at all, but I ended up really liking it. I will give it four shakers as well. So I didn't. I didn't know what you were gonna say, Sean. To be honest, I didn't. I didn't know. We haven't been on the same page the most over the last year. So I was like, maybe he's gonna be like, you know. No, I think torn torn down. No, I think it was a. It was a movie. I mean, the world know nothing about. Yeah. Nothing about. And uh, it was interesting to get a little peek in it for a second. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's Tar. Oh, also, if they would have named it anything else, it would have made more money. That's a terrible name. <laughs> like, I I know it's, it's all about her. The composer who sucks. I mean, honestly, the composer would have been better to me than Tar. But that's just me. You know. Tar, what tar, do I know? P- tar in the pits. Yeah. Tar's in the pit. Ooh. Tar. The- La Brea Tar Pit. Okay, so um, my next movie is not an Oscar nominee, but oh. it should be um, a movie starter. that I have seen many times, but I want to revisit because of Tis the Season, as they say. What season? We are going to watch the movie Groundhog Day. Um, oh, more Oscar bait. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. We're watching Groundhog Day, uh, and uh, watch that movie if you haven't. I oh, like I've seen this movie before. Mm, I don't know. Again and again. And we'll again. see. We shall see. So watch Groundhog Day and uh, come join us next week for Movie Club. But until then, you know, watch Tar again. I guess you know. Uh, get, they could have called it Get Get Tar. Get like Get Tar. Oh, the music. Yeah. It's they like could get, have called it um, Hard Target. Hard Target. Nah, it's a Steven Seagal movie. They already made that. Oh. Yeah, turn this off. Okay. Sit Tar. Okay. Fuck. <laughs>